chapter 16, verse 1. Um, this chapter is going to be devoted to two subjects, the first half of it, that are important we discussed in our overview yesterday. Uh, the first 11 psukim have Hashem mentioned uh, nine times, and if you count also, if they, Hashem which is the pasuk that leads right into it, the last pasuk of Herod, 15, and actually the first pasuk of the not antithetical Proverbs, then you really have 10 times in 12 verses Shem Hashem is mentioned. Why the concentration? Because right after that you have six verses devoted to the Melech. You know, we will see in Mishlei that when we have verses devoted to the, what, the human king, there's always going to be a verse very close by that is going to be devoted to Hashem in order so that the human king should know his place. This has usually been understood as man proposes and God disposes, or the mensch lacht and got, you know, and the mensch tracht and got lacht. But it probably means more along the lines of you prepare and think out what you want to say, but what actually comes out of your mouth is often not exactly what you thought you were going to say. Because somehow or other, it never comes out exactly the way you thought it was going to end up unless you write it all out. So Hashem really decides what the tongue is going to say. People think whatever they do is the right thing, but the fact is Hashem is the one who really decides and, and you know, essentially looks in and makes a decision as to what, what the right thing is and what isn't. So the next thing that follows is, Go Hashem ma'asecha v'yikonu ma'asrevotecha. Person should roll his ideas, what he plans to do in front of Hashem and think, is this Hashem going to approve what I'm planning to do? Because if you don't really think through whether or not the things you're planning are the kind of things Hashem would want, more likely or not they're going to fail. And if you want your plans to succeed, then unroll them before Hashem, meaning think them through to yourself, asking yourself whether Hashem would approve these plans. Interestingly, Yehonatan's Targum understands goal not as unroll, but rather reveal gale. But the meaning is pretty much, you know, doesn't change much. Either way, the point is, think, what would Hashem think of what I'm about to do? Hashem created everything according to the way he wanted it to be. But that also means Hashem's responsible for creating evil and evil people because, you know, when Hashem creates humanity, it doesn't say very all in because it's apparent that human beings are going to introduce rot into the world. Human beings sin with the Yetzadas, then Kaimur is heaven. After the flood, we have Migdal Bavel. In other words, things don't get too much better. Um, so Hashem is responsible for creating evil because evil is used as a way to punish the wicked. Proud, pride is, is one of the things of Mishlei and the Tachach as a whole is always going to zap because the only persona that can be proud as far as the Tanakh Hashem is concerned is Hashem himself 
Hashem Malach Ge'ut Lavesh. Human beings are supposed to imitate Hashem's good mito, like Mahu Rachel, Mahfata Rachel, Mahu Chanun, Afata Chanun. But they're not supposed to emulate things that are basically fundamental to the divine and fundamental that human beings should not have. People should know their place, especially in front of Hashem. And at the end of chapter 33, as I pointed out, as the intro to chapter 16, we have Lifnei Kavod Anava. In other words, humility is the key to a person acquiring Kavod. Look at Shaul, look at Gidon, as the Medrash points out. Notice the match between Yerat Hashem in verse 6 of 16 and the end of chapter 15. Again, that key verse, 1533, Yerat The real problem here is Chesed V'yamet Yechupar Avon. I think what this means is Avon Ben Adam L'chavero. In other words, if a person basically sins against their neighbor, the only way they're going to make that up is to show loyalty and dependability to their neighbor. So the yuchupar here means atones for in his neighbor's eyes. Of course, that also means atones for in Hashem's eyes. That goes well with the next verse. In other words, people will make up with their enemies. You know, person who's accepted to other people is also Noach Labrio, is Noach Hashem too. If a person basically is does the things that are pleasing in Hashem's eyes, other people will usually see this kind of behavior and look up to that person. So if you want your enemies to basically make peace with you, act in a way that you want people to make peace with you. Act in a way that Hashem would favor the ways that you are doing and that will get people to basically think more of you. Kesem al sifte melech b'mishpat lo yimal piv. In ancient Israel, the king was looked upon as the direct representative of Hashem on earth, which meant that the judgments of the king were thought of being inspired by Hashem. Take the mishpat of Shlomo with the two women with the baby, or for that matter, uh, when the Isha comes to Yoav the Tukhoit and says, Devrei Hamelach Kedivrei Malach Hashem, um, the righteous king, indeed, whatever the came out of the lips of the king, will look upon as Kesem in a positive sense. He will be counted upon not to abandon judgment. But then the next possible is Peles Umoznei Mishpatra. 
Hashem, Maaseu Ko Avnekis. The king also has a responsibility for seeing that there are just weights and measures in the kingdom. Yechezkel, chapter 45, verse 9, makes this very clear that that's one of the responsibilities that king has. And, but just the same, this is all instituted by Hashem. Now, here's one basic break between Ketuvim and Nevi'im. Ketuvim do not talk about Nevi'im altogether. The, uh, where Nevi'im mentioned in the whole Ketuvim, other than Divrayam's, you know, redoing of Sefer Shmuel, uh, you know, Tehillim will say, Ain O Navi. Nehemiah will refer to no Adra a false prophetess who was involved in somehow involved in a plot to assassinate him. As a practical matter, the Melech is guided by the Chachamim, whereas in the Nevi'im altogether, from Sefer Shmuel Shoktim actually, down to, you know, Treasar, the Melech is supposed to be guided by the Navi. The Melech may have officials in the kingdom, like a Sofer, or a Mazkir, or a Asher Abayit, but the supreme word of Hashem to guide the Melech is the Navi, which means the Navi can tell the Melech what to do and denounce the Melech if he does not follow the statements of Hashem. And indeed, the Vim are full of such confrontations between righteous kings, between wicked kings, I should say, and the Vim. In other words, the Navi is the one who guides the king in terms of if the Melech goes off. But without that, the Melech is assumed to be doing the right thing. Whereas in Ketuvim, the Vim are not mentioned at all. Kohanim or Haviyam you mentioned, especially in Sifre Ahmed. And um, the people who are doing the guiding are, especially in, in wisdom literature, are the Chachamim. Um, now, in this case, I want to also correct something I said in the introduction. From chapter 11 to chapter 17, excuse me, from chapters 10 through chapter 14, Hashem's name is mentioned 11 times. But from chapter 4 to chapter 14, Hashem's name is mentioned 17 times. That's 17 times in 11 chapters, whereas in just chapters 16 and 15, Hashem's name is mentioned 20 times. One of the things that this chapter is trying to do, chapter 16, is put Hashem first. That's the first, let's say, nine psukim. Then you devote six psukim to the Melech, and the rest of the chapter is devoted to following the advice of the Chacham. But now the force of society is not so much the teacher and the parent, but more the high officials in the kingdom. In other words, we have now have a more sophisticated society than what was evident in chapters 10 through 15. We're now talking about royal advisors, not teachers in school. And the chapters are going to discuss how you can depend on royal advisors to give the king the right advice. Okay. <laughs> These are the various things that come from the king. What the king does not like is wickedness, because the king is aware of the fact that the throne has to be established in righteousness.
Ritzon Malachim is a person who says the right thing. The king wants advisors who tell it to him straight. A good king does. And if the king gets angry with someone, that can end up causing the person's death. Witness what happens with Shlomo sending Ben Ayahu Ben Yada to execute Yoav. However, here brings the wise person, a wise person knows how to appease the anger of the king. Now notice how the word lechaper in wisdom literature does not quite have the force that it has in, let's say, Sefer Vayikra. Lechaper means to atone completely for a sin in front of Hashem. In Mishlei, well, Lechaper is in Ben Adam Lechavero. It's more like to appease a person's anger, appeasement. But again, in a positive sense. Or means a cloud in the springtime that it brings the spring rains. It's something very welcome, and it's also very welcome when the king smiles. Or means, you know, when the king shows his favor, that brings life. But again, Chachmah is brought in. And from here point, you know, from here on in, in the Perek, Chachmah is going to be the key. Chachmah is what allows a person to work in the royal court. Otherwise, you know, it's better that they shouldn't be there. One sure way to get yourself kicked out of the royal court is to act foolishly. Witness how David saves his life by acting foolishly in the end of chapter 21 of Shulah Aleph when he finds himself in Abimelech's court and worries that basically they're going to realize, you know, what he is about, that's a good way to get yourself kicked out. Chachma is better than charutz, which is gold. Okay? There are two meanings of the word charutz. Charutz can mean to be a person who works very hard, but it also has a different meaning. Charutz, Roman numeral two, that means gold. Bina is better than silver. Now this is a typical synonymous proverb. In other words, Chachma and Bina are better than gold and silver. And now comes the midpoint of all Sefer Mishlech. According to the Masorah, this the book is now half over and the Chatzia Sefer is Mishilat Yisharim Sur Merah Again, a pretty synonymous uh, problem, but it's famous because Ramchal chose this verse as the uh, base verse for his famous Sefer, Mesilat Yitzharim. Lufnei Shever Gaon, Lufnei Kishalon Gevaruah. Again, a synonymous problem. And in the King James translation, it's become famous, pride cometh before a fall. Human pride is always what brings people down. In, in Greek literature, it's called hubris. Hubris is something we see in the Tanakh again and again, with the Megdal with Absalom, with Haman, you know, Paro, one character after another, is Lifnei Shever Gaon. In fact, Chazav, a beautiful Midrash about that, Vaharashayim Kayam Midrash. The Rishayim don't see that, you know, the waves, 
each one, each wave breaks, but the wave behind it doesn't see that the wave just in front of it went all the way up just to break. The wave behind it thinks, I'm going to be greater, I'm going to be a greater, I'll succeed with the other one filled. Sitarav Kahana points out, Sancheirev thinks that he'll succeed where Paro filled. And Nebuchadnezzar thinks that he'll succeed where Sancheirev filled, and so on and so forth. Everyone always thinks that they'll succeed where the other one failed, but they all fall. Vahaman no fail. Tov shefaruach et aniyim, read anavim, mechalek shalol et geyim. This is again a, a, a proverb that basically zaps pride and tells you that it's better to join with those who are anavim, humble, and to divide up spoils among the proud. Maskil al-davar ba-shem ashrav. Again, notice how many times you have the idea of tov this and tov that. This is a thing you see in Mishlei and Kohelet, this idea of one thing is better than another. Tov, shem, shem and tov, you know, yom ha-mavet, yom hivaldo, and also how you find tov. We're going to hear in the next, very shortly, how does a person find what's good in life? Well, one way is to think about how, what you're doing and essentially to get expertise of what you do. Well, how skill means to do something better. Zamru ma skill. In other words, to improve upon what you've done before. It's also used in the sense of But, as Mishle is always going to say, a person who relies on Hashem is ra'ui l'tihilah. That's what ashrav means. In other words, no matter how carefully you think out what you want to do, the ultimate thing you always have to have is trust in Hashem. The next four psukim continue with the theme of the importance of wisdom. L'chacham lev ikarei navon umetek sfatayim yosif lekach. Chacham Lev is Mishle's opposite for Chasar Lev. Remember, we had those four words that essentially are the opposite of Chacham. Chacham Lev could be looked upon. Chasar Lev is the fifth that opposes to Chacham Lev. Chasar Lev is somebody with no brains. Chacham Lev means a person who has brains and tries to use them to acquire knowledge. Eventually, that person gets to the point where people call this person a person who is wise, but even then, the wisdom has to be presented in such a way that, you know, the good pedagogue tries to present whatever they have to say in a way that people will be able to pick up what's being said. Yosef Lekach. Now, a good example of this would be Yosef. Yosef is a person who's in jail. The only reason he gets out of jail is because he showed some wisdom when he interprets the dreams of two people who were thrown into jail with him. But once he goes before Pharaoh, he not only shows his wisdom, he presents it properly. That's so. First after this, Pharaoh says, Elohim Now, Yosef did not just repeat Pharaoh's dream. He interpreted it, and even on top of that, he suggested advice to Pharaoh how to proceed. And it's at this point that Pharaoh decides that the person he wants to run things 
and be his second in command is none other than Yosef. Yosef represents a basic character in Sefer Mitzvah that essentially would, though not mentioned in the Sefer, he's a model for the type of person that Mishlei wants people to be. Other models in Tanakh would be Abigail, Esther, um, let's see, who else? Uh, Dania, and my wife Brenda just told me, of course, Shlomo, he's the author of the book, so he's the model for the entire you know, group. Now, this is the fourth type of Makor Chayim that Mishle has already told us. In other words, what's the source of life? Mishle said already, Yirat Hashem, Pisadik, you know, Musar Chacham, now Sechab Those are, the point here being Makor Chayim is the phrase. And then different collections of Proverbs come up with a different idea of what's the source of life. Well, interestingly enough, in Tehillim, the source of life is Hashem. And of course, whatever they teach is worthless. But Leib Chacham, Yaskil Pihu, meaning Yatsuliach Pihu, Yasvatav, Yosef Lakach. Both times, you have the idea both in 21 and in 23 that the words of the wise add on to something, like, Notice again the emphasis on the sweetness, in other words, The point being that Chinuch requires an educator who presents the matters in such a way that people want to learn more. It's not enough to be wise. It's very important to present whatever wisdom you have properly. Indeed, that's what Mishle is about, to present wisdom in such a way that people will want to read it. Matoka nefesh doesn't mean for the soul. It means for the appetite. Umar pela etzem meaning for the body. In other words, this is leading it to verse 26. Nefesh amel amlalo ki pihu, which is very similar to the verse in Kohelet, Kohelet, that essentially means, you know, a person works because they have to, otherwise they can't feed themselves. But words to the wise are very important in life as well. And Mishlei sort of sorts all this with the 25th verse, Keep in mind, this verse has already been stated in chapter 14. Why is it being repeated here word for word? Because here it's leading into the next package, which is verses 27 through 30. In other words, and Otse Einav are all the Derech Yashar Lefneit V'yachari Talefneimavet. You know, Ishbuliyal is a person who looks to dig up evil and his fatan, not Matoko Nefesh and Imre Noam, and not Yosef Lekach, they're Esh Sarevet. They give you a burn. Ishtapuchot, Yishalach Madon. He releases quarrels, he causes them. Nirgan is a whisperer, and Nirgan is a person who whispers things. You know, where did this all start? In the, when the Meraglin came back with the report after the Moraglim come back with reports saying how great Eretz Israel is and just it's going to be difficult to conquer it, 
the Jewish people start whispering in their tents and come to the conclusion that the reason Hashem took them out of Egypt was in order to, because he hated them. I mean, that's really, you know, what whispering will do for you. Mafrid Aluf separates people from each other who would otherwise be friends. Aluf is another word, at least in wisdom literature, for reya, friend. Viyata, alufi, umeduyai, rei, you know, the, 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 essentially that's what happens when people start whispering. Ishchamas, yifatereyehu. The violent man proceeds to basically try to fool his friend. And finally, it's a person who winks and, and essentially hits to plan to turn things upside down. Mishle is trying to tell you that people who basically have, you know, are trying to pull stick, basically are just going to end up causing problems for themselves as well as for others. And these type of people bring down the right order of the world. There are three verses to go in chapter 16, but I am going to stop now and start tomorrow with Atarat Tiferet Seva because I think that belongs more with the subsequent verses in chapter 17 than it does with the verses above. Here I'm disagreeing with the Archbishop. Sorry about that, Archbishop. But shalom until tomorrow.